Tap your neighbor as you're sitting down and say, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't know if we signed up for this, but it's about to go down up in this place. Woo! I'm just going to tell you, I liked my message already. And then standing right there, I was just like, are you sure? <laughs> is this what you want? And I think he is sure. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me, I, I feel like I'm supposed to say something to start with, and this is for all of my baby Christians in the room. And if you're not that, just hang with me because you'll know what I'm talking about. But if I tried to run a marathon right now, wow, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I would make it to the marathon gas station. I would fall out, and they would have to come give me CPR or somebody. It would be rough if I tried to run a marathon. And so prayer much like that has to be started somewhere. If I would just get off the couch and jog for one minute, I could start the process, y'all. And many of y'all have recently been saved, or many of y'all have never had an intimate prayer time with the Lord, and you're like, Pastor, I hear what you're saying on prayer, and I want to be plugged in. I came in today, and I might have had this much in my battery, but I don't know how to pray. Crawl before you walk. It's cool. Do something. Talk to him. What we just did, can I tell you, what we just did is, is praying. It's praising our Father. That is prayer. And every time I start praying, with a few exceptions, but almost every time that I start praying, I pop in something in my Google playlist. That was my phone, y'all, not my honey. And, and I pop in the Google playlist, and I just start rolling, and I just, I just proclaim how much I love him back because he loved me first. And I just shout to the Lord. And it gets me in the attitude and the atmosphere in here of prayer. And then I don't always spend three hours. Let me say, I rarely spend, come on, three hours praying. But it gets me ready for what he's got for me today and tomorrow and the next day, in that day. And that's what I'm talking to you about today. So how many of y'all have cell phones? Let me see your hands. Show me if you have cell phones. Thank you, everybody. Maybe, maybe y'all don't. It's okay if you don't. I wish I didn't sometimes. How many of y'all have a smartphone? Hands up again. Smartphone. A few of you. Mine's not either. Come on. A few of y'all have flip phones like back in the day, and I, I envy you sometimes. Maybe you got a bag phone still. You can update that. Come on now. But smartphones. I got people in my family. I'm not going to say who it is. My dad, who, like, it's hard to get them. What did I say? It's hard to get them to update. Their phone. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So the thing will pop on the thing, bling, and it'll say, update iOS 4.072222999 because they have 50 updates a week. Y'all self-seen it. It's crazy. They always have an update. And you're like, ah, if I do this, I got to get off the phone. And you can do it when you plug it in at night. I don't, that's a trick if y'all don't know that. But, but like, y'all see it, and, and this is the problem. Some of y'all have jailbroken your phones. If y'all don't know what jailbroke means, it means you get all these apps and all the things you got to pay for and everybody does it and some of y'all did it and y'all, no one talking to me and I know some of y'all have jailbroken your phone. And so you're like, if I do it, I'll lose my jailbroke. Some of y'all need to lose your jailbroke in this place. Y'all know what I mean? But then there's other ones that are just stubborn. This guy. And, and we're like, no. And I know people that you have an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 3, update it, come on now, and you're still on the original iOS, and this is what we say. I just can't understand why my apps don't work. <laughs> they stopped working two years ago when the sixth iPhone came out, or whatever, the, the color and the bigger and the whatever came out, and we're still on that old update. And then this is the other thing that I've noticed. I'm not an IT person. <laughs> I know how to turn it on. 
including this, and I know how to turn my computer on most of the time unless it needs a password and I don't remember. And I know, I know how to do most of those things, but when something's messing up, I say one of the following things. Austin! Josh! Somebody! Leah! At home, right? And I need somebody because I don't know anything about this. And they always say the same thing, and I am thick-headed, y'all. Have you restarted it? Well, No. And I do it. And it works almost every time. And I just think to myself, all I had to do was restart it, reboot it one time. And is it not like life where we get in the habit of, I prayed yesterday and I'm good, but I don't need today's update. And then we say, how did I end up here? Because I charged my battery last night. I prayed Last night, I should be fully charged all day today, but we haven't rebooted and we haven't updated. And we say things like, what happened? And how do I feel this way? And why did I end up here? And I'm telling y'all, especially with the prayer that I'm dealing with today, the specific model of the one verse that I'm dealing with today, it's rebooting. It is an everyday covering of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And if we don't do it, we try to live off yesterday's bread and today's bread is the only thing that matters. And he falls from heaven. And that's next week. Shameless plug. And, and so I need y'all to understand that prayer is not fancy. It's not special. You don't have to use amazing words. And sometimes you fall on your face before God because it's a moment. And sometimes you're walking around like you're in, you got a Jericho moment and you're wanting to do this stuff. But it's every day that I have to recharge. And when I don't, and when I don't update, and when things are going bad, I don't say we're going to reboot this thing. But I can't restart it. The Holy Spirit of God in me can turn my mourning into dancing and my sorrow into joy. Then we decide to sit in our misery and wonder constantly why we ended up there. And that was my Monday, y'all. Sunday we had one of the greatest days, this past Sunday, the greatest days we've ever had. Largest crowd we've ever had. Amazing worship. I woke up Monday morning and I would have thought as the pastor... Who does have time with the Lord, right? Y'all don't know, but yes. And, and, that I should be good today. It's Monday, and yesterday was amazing, and I should be, should be, I, this should be awesome. And I felt like, this is what I call it, kicking puppies, right? Y'all don't understand what that means, but you shouldn't kick a puppy, right? I felt just nasty and awful and dark and cold, and I didn't want to do anything good. And I felt like kicking puppies. Now, maybe none of y'all have felt that way, but stop judging me. I feel guilty right now in front of y'all. I feel bad. And I was feeling sorry for myself. I was alone in my office feeling sorry for myself. And I honestly heard the Lord say, have you talked to me about it? Who are you talking to? Stop messing. And I realized that I was living off yesterday's update. And many of y'all say, I love going to church because I feel like my pastor can bring a word. And if you live off your pastor's word, you're in big trouble on Wednesday. Because your pastor is a man who screws up every day, who is a sinner by nature and by choice. And if you live off of my word and not his word, and you don't have a frequency that you get on the right channel with the Lord, it's going to be rough. And when the difficulties come against you, which they have many of you this week, here's the amazing ability of the enemy. Is the Bible says that all other sin are outside the body, but sexual sin is a sin against the body. Honor God with your body. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. The reason bitterness creeps in and the reason those type of sins creep in is so your frequency is completely cut off. And you look and say, I don't even feel like God's listening to me. You cut off the frequency because you decided yesterday's update was enough. 
And any time that I do that, I should not ask the following question. How did I end up here? So prayer does not have to be fancy, does not have to be pretty, does not have to be really wise. You do not have to know the Bible by heart. I told a buddy who's in the room this week who I spoke with, my grandfather had an eighth grade education. He passed away a couple years ago. Some of y'all that were here remember. Um, I loved him so much. And I still do. And I'm going to get to see him someday. But with an eighth grade education, I've never met a man that was more intimate with the Lord in prayer. And you know how he challenges me is I'm educated in the Bible. I can, we can start talking and I, I love it so much. And I love to dig. I love Greek and Hebrew words. I put it on my arm. I love all kinds of stuff and what they mean and the interesting things in and, and, and how you can dig deep and find rubies in the Bible and diamonds in the Bible and all these things. And I can live like a hellion if I don't have intimacy with the Lord through his frequency in prayer. It does not matter how much I know. It matters who I know and how intimate I am with him. And a man with an eighth grade education had a much closer prayer walk than a guy with master's level Bible theology studies. And so often what we say is, God, if I just knew a little bit more, I would pray. If you know him, you know all you need to know. Keep learning every day. Never put it down, but that's the starting point to prayer. And don't beat yourself up because that's the enemy's goal to make you not pray. Now, that was much longer than I intended, but I think it was for somebody in here. And this is what Jesus said when the disciples said, teach us to pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. And if you were here last week, we talked about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy and righteous and awesome. But we all speak to one Father. Or the other. And the result of speaking to the wrong father is the next verse. Your kingdom come. It's somebody's kingdom that's coming, y'all. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That one's going to jack some people up. Can I just tell you in here when we get to that week? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So at the beginning and the end of the Lord's Prayer, or the model prayer, it's praising the Father. It's praising Him, telling Him, all glory belongs to you. This is all yours. At the beginning and the end, and then sandwiched in between are requests. And this specific week, we're going to deal with your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we call it the petition of prayer. Petition of prayer. If you're taking notes, it's a good time to get them out. Petition of prayer. And this is what the word petition means. Y'all look at this. A request to do something most commonly addressed to a government official. And so this isn't just, hey, Morgan, can you go get me some? This is to a government official, and it's an official request. It's, it's, it's more than just a passing thing. And who is the government official? I'm going to let y'all answer this. This is a call and response. Who is the government official that we're talking to? Who is the government official that we're talking to? The king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. I make a petition, a request to the king, and I give him. He says, cast all of your petitions, your burdens, your cares on me. I care for you. Give me all that you have. And when we carry them around, we do something in rebellion because we're never called to do that. There's, there's tough things that happen in your life, but you were not called to carry them. You were called to lay them down. And so here's what Matthew says again. He says, your kingdom come. Now, I want to tell you quick things about this. Kingdom is two words that come together, and it's king and dominion, or king's dominion. 
The king of kings that we're speaking of here is, is Jesus talking to the Lord. Your kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Let it come and let your will be done here like it is up there. Now the word come is fascinating because it means what you think it means come, but it also means that it has come and that it will be coming. It has three different parts in that word, and this is the only other thing that it means, and I think this is crazy, and then go. It means come, and then I act upon that come, and I go. I carry his kingdom through all the earth. Now, this is what the power of a kingdom is, and I've been over this before, but if you're new, I want to briefly tell you. The word kingdom is always associated with a certain place, so the, the kingdom... And we don't say this, but it's the same thing. The kingdom of China. And if you go to Chinatown right now in New York, you can experience China there. Because they left their imprint. The emperor's clothing is in that area. Everything about that. We've been to Beijing and we've been to some places like that. And if you go to Chinatown and close your eyes and then could teleport to Beijing and back to Chinatown, you would say, I'm in the same place. This is crazy. That's the goal. The goal is when people look at you and the people around you, they say, it feels like I'm in heaven. It feels like they're praising the Lord right here in this place. It feels like that, that the Lord's people are making a difference. It feels like the king has made his imprint, his kavod, by the way. That's what that word means. It feels like that has happened here in this place. And when we praise the Lord and when we shout Hosanna and when we get after it, that is what happens is he opens up and he pours down and it's awesome. We don't shout to be silly. And if you ever do, then don't do it. I'm cool with y'all not doing it if you shout for the wrong reasons. Please don't. But when you can just let out a yell and shout to the Lord that he is good, I'm telling you something changes. And all that hurt starts shifting around. It doesn't go away, but it starts changing. And he takes the morning and makes me dance. And then I think this is the big one, y'all. Your will be done here like it is up there. I'm going to go as fast as I can. I need y'all to put your fast ears on if you know what I'm talking about. So God made you in his image, Genesis 1, 26 and 7. And when he did, he placed on you and in you. And this is for every person that is not a follower of Jesus. This is for every person that is a follower of Jesus. Inside of you when you trust Christ is the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But in you, every one of you, he made you to be like him he made you in his image, meaning that inside of you is the ability to reproduce being like Christ. Now, we don't follow his kingdom, and we follow our own kingdom because we rebel against it every day that we're not close to him. And the result is all the mess that we see and all the gossip that we see and all the hate that we see. But when I'm in tune with him, I don't have to work hard to make disciples. I make disciples because that's what he is and that's what he called me to do. And so people say, well, well, I'm just passive and I don't want to talk to people about it. You talk about what you're in love with. And we declare to everyone what we're in love with. And we show, more importantly, the kavod that he has put on us to other people. And this can be as simple, his kingdom come and will be done, can be as simple as when you pick up a tab for somebody that you know is hurting. Or pay for somebody's gas. Or give that waitress that you know struggling that extra $20 tip because you can just tell that she needs a touch from the Savior. It doesn't have to be magic words. You don't have to be a theologian, meaning a deep thinker about the Bible. You can just love people because that's what Jesus said for us to do. And so the reason that I believe we don't see this is going back to last week. Who's your daddy? And when we hear from the wrong father because our frequency's off, because we let sin come into our life, or, or can we be honest, busyness, 
come into our lives. We look at our phones and we say, I feel empty and my stupid phone won't work. Have y'all ever said that? This stupid phone. I throw mine, but y'all don't judge me. And I, and I just get frustrated and I say, how did I get to this place? And the reason is, we believe yesterday's prayer is for today's life. And so the word petition, two letters can be added to the beginning. What's the, what's the word? Repetition. R-E. And it's to repeat the petition that I made yesterday. Not with the exact words because today's need, today's hope, today's sacrifice, today's whatever is a little bit different. It's always different. So when I lived off Sunday, last Monday, and said, you did something great today. I can just take a day off. I'm good to go. I felt lost. Your pastor felt lost and wandering. And I was like, man, what? how did I get this dark and this hurting? And I didn't want to get out of bed and I just wanted to be angry. And it's because I had a petition. I just didn't have a repetition. I was about to say reputation. I did have that. I didn't have a repetition, which is the action of repeating something that has already been said or written. And it's not repeating the same words. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's not doing those things. But it's repeating the fact that I have to decide who is in charge every single day of my life. And when I don't declare it's your kingdom and power and glory, Lord, I'm going to walk behind you and I'm going to follow what your plan is for my life. And if I don't today, I can stand up here and my words, Proverbs says, can be death over you because out of the mouth the tongue speaks life or death. And so it can look good and sound good and act good but my ability can be coming from a different father. And it all happens through the one that I'm listening to. I wanted you to see this. Um, Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he goes up to the Last Supper. And in just a second, I want you to see this, but I want you to look at it through the lenses of a kid, of a child. And at the Last Supper, John 14, 15, and 16 were written. And we get like the picture of the Holy Spirit and what he is going to be in our lives, how he's going to minister to us. And Jesus said some fascinating things in Luke 22 that I'm going to show you in just a second. But I want you to hear this. How many of y'all have kids? Let me see your hand. Y'all have kids? Everybody that didn't raise your hand, you're good. Just stay right where you are, okay? Because I need some amens in here. Like, I love my kids more. I'm telling you, I would lay down my life right now for my children. I mean it. I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. Here comes the other part. But I'm going to tell y'all something right now, and if y'all can't agree with me, then y'all are just better people than me. They get on my... Come on, somebody. I mean, so this morning, it's time to get the kids up, and they love going to church. They were were celebrating that we get to go to church this morning, and you would have thought that it was Lainey's puppy that I was kicking this morning, right? I mean, she was in... uh, uh, And she's just... I'm like... And Leah's having to get her out of bed. And when anytime that happens, I'm the spiritual uh, leader of our home. And I just say, Leah, you got it, right? I'm out. And, and it's just unbelievable. And I look at them and say, they're not even really rebellious. Ah! And then when you want them to come hug you, they don't hug you. And then when you need them to give you five minutes, they're going to get all up in your face. <laughs> and it's like, amen. <laughs> not Amen. Hey, man, back up off me. (laughs) And then they have the ability. And I don't know how this happens, except I know my DNA, and I'm not talking about God's image right now. I'm talking about my flesh. Where when you look at them and you say, 
put that up. This is what I did every time, y'all. I'd put it up, and I just want to beat myself from 10 years ago. Or hopefully it was longer than that, but it might have been. Come on now. But from like 25 years ago, I just want to look and say, what is wrong with you? What is the matter? You're, you're crazy. Stop. And inside of me is this rebellion because I can tell you stories. I could spend the next hour telling you rebellious stories of this guy. And I loved my parents. But as a parent, and then even as a child, because I'm pretty sure everybody in here was a child at one time. I don't know. But like, we can all remember back to what it was like to, for our parents to say, clean your room. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You clean my room, right? I just, I, if my kids say that to me, I'm going to go to jail, y'all. <laughs> and this is what I think. God, why do you love me? Because every day you try to show me the path of righteousness for your name's sake, and I choose to say, why would I do that? And you've, you've left your Holy Spirit for us so that we could receive your power, like I'm going to show you in just a second, and we say, I don't need that, I've got this. And you've left an update for my life that's not magic, and it's not a whirlwind, it's just simply a loving God back and speaking to him, and every day I say... <laughs> got time for that and we wonder why we end up in the way that we do it's not magic and it's not hard it's just it's just it's a, it's a submission of the will saying God it's not my will it's your will that I want to be done and I thought this was fascinating yesterday when I was reading in the one year Bible I was just like man that's better than what I had and this is what Jesus said sitting at the table and he was finishing the meal and this is what he said. He was about to break the bread and give the cup. And he says, for I tell you that you, that I, Jesus, will not eat until it is, everybody say, fulfilled. Until it is done in the kingdom of God. Until the kingdom of God is established and finished, I'm not going to sit down at this table again. Symbolically, my body's about to be broken and I'm about to drink. And my blood's about to be shed and my body's about to be broken for you. But I will not sit at a table with you like this again until it's finished. And then he said it about his blood two verses later. He said, I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. And that means that it has already been. And the kingdom of God has come through Jesus, and it continues to come through his Holy Spirit. But it is not finished until he says, I'm back. I came to get the church. I'm back. And until the Mount of Olives splits in half and until we sit at the table. But here's what Revelation chapter 19 says, because this is what happens, y'all. And I love this so much. This is what happens. It says, and the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are all of you who are invited to this final supper of the Lamb. When we sit in heaven and everybody, it's not 12 at that table with Jesus. It's nations of people at that table. And every person that's had an invitation in their life will sit at that table. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. And this is the question that I have for us is, do we realize the ramifications, the impact that our Kavad really has? Because this is what I want you to know. When we pray, God, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. That's my prayer to God a lot. 
and I don't really know where to go sometimes, and I don't know what I should be doing, but not my will, your will be done. And then we say things like, I'm not sure what his will is. I'm not sure what he's called me to do. And I'm going to come back to this verse in just a second, but I want you to see Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1. And this is what it says. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven I've given, has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. This is how you know God's will. He laid it out for us right before he ascended. This is, this is moments before he was going to heaven, 40 days after he resurrected. And then this happens, and I need y'all to get this because this is really good. But you'll receive power. Everybody say power. Power, power is not simple and little if we could even comprehend what this word means that happens when we say, God, I am, I'm going to, this is all you today. I need you. I need you to consume and take over and steer. And it's not, God, should I drink a Coke right now? Because if you think that that's going to happen through prayer, then you're going to get weird with everybody around you. Come on now. Drink a Coke if you want to drink a Coke. Don't ask God. But in it, unless you're diabetic. But in everything else, right? In everything, in, in all the things, should I, shouldn't I? Where do I? And when you speak to people that have wronged you and in everything that takes place, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And how God made you to reproduce begins to take place because you want to, not because you have to. And this is how. And this is what I believe the Lord told me to tell you. And then I'm going to end back in Revelation 19 again. The Holy Spirit has, um, someone sent me this, a staff member sent me this this week, and I thought it was so good I wanted to share. Um, the Holy Spirit has three different ways that he ministers to you. One is the word para, P-A-R-A, and it's like parachute or paralegal. It comes beside it. It's right beside me. And all of us that are followers of Jesus have experienced the Holy Spirit in that way, beside me. He walks with me. He talks with me. And then it's the word end, or in. And it's like in vitro fertilization, where he, he, God actually places, listen to this and don't miss this because this is going to free some of y'all. He places his Holy Spirit inside of you when you get saved. And it's the same, that's where we get the word from. That is his role in your life, beside me, para, inside me. But then I believe most Christians miss the last one, and it's epi which is where we get the word upon. He anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord told me to tell y'all this, so if this isn't for y'all, I don't know what is, but I need y'all to know this. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 says that I can boldly go before the throne room. That's prayer where I receive or obtain mercy, but I find grace. And every day I find exactly what I'm looking for. And people hear this and they think the pastor is a, a, a prosperity pastor and he just preaches blessing on everybody. And if that's what you want to call me, that's fine because that's not what this is. I'm not talking about more money. I'm, not, I'm talking about his favor on your life. Many of us are begging God, where are you? And he said, if I boldly go before him, 
and lay all my burdens down and surrender all to Him. That we can obtain mercy or receive mercy, not getting what I deserve, but His favor, the rain that comes down, His covering that flows over you, His everyday protection in my life. And when I don't feel like loving somebody, and that is every day of my life, if Epi has not happened to me, even with him in, and even with him para, I still react in anger. But when he is flowing down, something shifts and changes. And the love that he has for me starts going out. And I don't feel like talking to certain people or doing certain things. And I don't feel like sitting my kids in my lap when they've gotten on my nerves. And to be honest with y'all, I don't feel like updating sometimes. And I don't feel like restarting sometimes. But I know this every day that I'm not happy. Where he doesn't fall upon me. It's not a feeling. Sometimes you can feel the Holy Spirit's move in a place. And it's like you can cut through with a knife. But he is real and he loves you. And he is not a woman with big hair that dances around and wears tons of makeup and runs laps. Sometimes he is, but it's, that's not all he is. He is an amazing, loving God who sends himself to you every time you call. And I just need y'all to know this. I believe the Lord wanted me to tell you that because it's impossible for me to spread his kingdom consistently until para and in and epi flows down the Bible says in Psalm 133 three verses that the oil flows from the head down through the beard and down the robe and it's his covering over your life and I just want to remind you of what Matthew 7 says I used it last week ask and you'll receive seek and you'll find and knock and the door will be open to you to seek is to look with persistence and never take no for an answer and so I just ask you this. If we find favor, if we find grace, if we find epi over our lives because he is a gentleman and he waits to pour down because he knows if, if you don't want his kingdom to come and he pours down his love and his mercy and his grace on you and you're filled with the Holy Spirit but you still want for you, we would wreck everything. Because I want my kingdom to come but I have his blessing, it would be a disaster. But when I lay it all down at his feet and I say that, making disciples is a natural reproductive quality and the increase begins to take place is what the Bible says. And if you struggle with that, I understand because for years I struggled with this. I thought they were crazy, they being the people that believe this. And can I tell you it's the most freeing thing that I've ever experienced in my life because he's just waiting on you. And sitting at that table with his disciples, he said, your comforter will come, abide in me, and I will abide in you. And he had all these thoughts sitting at that table. And he said, if you'll just receive it, I'll do the work. But prayer is the work that you've been called to do. And when I lose my connection with the Holy Spirit because I'm too busy, and then I say, how did I end up here? Don't be a scholar. Don't think that you've got to be great at anything. Just don't lose connection. And every time you know you're in a need, or every time something good happens, or every time you're just taking a walk, tell him how good he is. And tell him, I want to follow your lead. And here's what happens. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm about to preach. This is what happens.
the very last verse in Revelation 19. Don't forget this table. I need y'all to know that this table is the key to everything because he will not come back and he wants his kingdom to be accomplished until this meal happens. Can I tell you something? God has given you the invitations. God has placed in your hand the invitation to the final meal and he's waiting on you to give them out. And every day that I don't pass out an invitation saying there's going to be a last supper and I want you to sit at the table with the king of kings but you don't get to sit at the last supper unless your name's written in his lamb's book of life. For every person that has called on the name of the Lord and said I need you to save me, I'm making you Lord of my life, I want you, not me, your will be done Lord, save my soul. For every single one of us that have done that, he writes our names down. And guess what? I've got a card sitting at that table that says, Mark Pangle, one day I will sit with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, but I'm not satisfied sitting there by myself. I want as many people as possible to come with me. And that is our call in our lives, y'all. Our call in our lives. And every second that I don't say, your kingdom come, I am taking those invitations and I'm throwing them in the trash. And I'm saying, I've got a table that I want you to sit at. And it's all about me. It's all about my life. No matter what hell I've been through during the week, I'm literally condemning people into a godless hell when I look at them and I don't love them with his love. This is the tension that we all must live in. And I need y'all to know this. God's call on my life is not greater than God's call on your life because the second that you were procreated, God knew that you were going to be born before time began. And in your mother's womb, he called you out to be something amazing and have a destiny in him. But that is not trying harder. That is not doing more. That is laying down at the feet of Jesus and saying, you come and I'll go. Most of us say, most of us, most of us wait on God and say, just tell me where to go and I'll go. And he just wants us to lay down at his feet and say, I'm going wherever you say, let's go. If we wait for a destination for God to be there so we can meet him there, the destination is in your heart right this minute. And the invitation is for you to sit at the Lamb's Supper. And many of you sit where you sit today. And you've heard all this craziness from a pastor. And the reality is, it's you that doesn't have an invitation. God has not called me to save the world. God's called me to faithfulness. And faithfulness comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if I will be faithful, he'll do the work. I don't have to save anybody. But here's my invitation to you today. To those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to be called children of God and have a seat at the table. And I want you to have that opportunity and that right. So if you don't have a seat at the table in front of God and everybody, and if you're embarrassed, I love you and I'm not... I'm not going to hold anything against you if this is you. But if you want a seat at the table and you know that you don't have one right now, when I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes in just a second out of respect not to pray, I just want you to stand to your feet and say, I want one of those cards. I want to sit down. I want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray? For whoever that is, I want to give you this opportunity right now on the count of three. Just stand to your feet and say, Pastor, that's me. I need a, I know that if I died today, not only would I not receive a card and be sitting at the table, but the Lord would look at me and say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, of sin. I never knew you. And you would say, I did good things. I tried really hard. And he would say, It was never about that. It was about loving me back and making me Lord of your life. 
It's not what you do, it's who you have in you and who you've trusted that gets you a seat. And so right now, just declare, that's me and I want to be saved. If that's you, will you just stand up right now, wherever you are? I believe there's people in this room that need that. Will you be the very first one? Just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand up wherever you are and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. This is for everybody in the room that's a Christian and I'm hoping and praying that that's everybody in the room because nobody stood up. I'm going to ask you to stand now and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you will commit to praying every day this week in specifically for one person that you live, work, or play with that does not know the Lord, that not only will the Lord be beside you and inside you, but fall upon you and that your love will flow out because of his love for you to other people and that you will share what God is doing in your life with someone and tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. If you will commit to doing that, I just want you to stand to your feet and say, I know somebody that desperately needs Jesus. All over the room, wherever you are, if you'll commit to doing that, stand up. Stand up. If you'll commit to telling that one person who doesn't know Jesus this week, Lord, you see almost everyone standing. I believe you want to raise up an army in Jesus' name. But you are the commander of heaven's army, Jesus. You never called me or any of us to be that. You called us to lay down. And you'll give us a weapon that can fight against the enemy. Because God, no weapon formed against us can prosper, but only when it's your kingdom and not ours. You're a good father. And I'm so thankful that you gave me an invitation, even though I don't deserve it, to sit at the table with you. And I received it. And today, Lord, my prayer and my hope is that many of us as an army will realize our calling is equal but different. And that is to make disciples, to show people your love. And we receive it and we claim it because you're worthy of all praise. And everybody said, amen.